Hello, fam, love, and salutations, good people. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Slow Wealth Podcast. That is Success Lives on Elevation. And I am Kendra. And I'm Ramon. As we have in our previous shows, we always start with a powerful motivational quote. And the quote starts by saying, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Let me read that one more time. Courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Preach tabernacle. Church. (laughs) Church. 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 Yeah. um, (laughs) I think fear has uh, definitely hindered me from doing a lot of things that I'm getting the courage to do. And once I've started doing them, I'm like, what the hell? I've been waiting this long and it's this easy. It, mm-hmm. it ain't it's near as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, it rules our lives, unfortunately. But, you know, you got to suck it up. Yeah. You got to live through it to get through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? All right, Ramon. So... Let's give people a synopsis of the market. Oh, what you got over there? <laughs> you know, I got my notes over here. <laughs> I thought it would be fun. Tell, tell, tell <laughs> what we were talking about earlier, about the uh, the housing markets that are surprisingly booming oh, right now. I know, I know, I know. Man, the, the ten top 10 metro areas in the U.S. that have the Fastest growing sales. And as as, is that as of this month or last month? This is as of this month, this year. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Last month, 2020. So, so September, September of 2020. 2020. All right. Um, number 10 is Baltimore, Maryland. Uh-huh. So if you live in the D.C. area... Or the DMV, the DMV area. Yeah. Um, Baltimore is definitely going to be a hot area because one, you know, it it's not that expensive. I just saw some houses on there for like twenty eight thousand, fifty thousand, and people are buying these houses, so they're gentrifying those, you know, saturated urban markets. Um, they get in there and buying the houses we should be buying. Uh-huh. And when I say we, I mean black people uh-huh. specifically. Um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, same thing. I mean, you know, high, densely black populated city. And they're going in there, buying up all these houses so they can, you know, they buy them for 50000 60000 They put a couple thousand into them and they're not selling them. They're renting them out, you know. Um, Winston-Salem, North Carolina is number eight. Number seven is Tampa, Florida. Um, in this article specifically, when it talked about Florida and another city, we'll get to in just a moment, but specifically Florida, it was saying that people that live, of course, in the New York area or those, you know, those, um, upper East coast, uh, states, they're moving to Florida because now... 
Hey, people don't have to work in the office. You're working from home, so you can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are, you know, taking their families to Florida, and they're not buying the high-rise um, condos. Mm -hmm. They're buying single-family homes. Right. Um, Overland Park, Kansas, we lived there. That is definitely a great spot if you have, you know, um, children, nice area great schools um not very far from kansas city missouri and i mean there's always something going on in the kansas city kansas kansas city missouri area uh -huh. um cost of living is pretty inexpensive in overland park kansas it's gonna be well let me take that back johnson county which is uh the biggest county in um kansas is a little bit more expensive than living in Kansas City, Missouri, just because it's more of a suburban area and you have, you know, um, a lot of wealthy people that live in Overland Park mm -hmm. and Olathe, Shawnee Mission and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's it's very nice. Yeah, I think it was one of the richest uh, counties. Counties, yeah, Johnson County. Mm-hmm. Bend, Oregon. <laughs> It was number five. I cannot for the life of me see why people would want to live in Bend, Oregon as opposed to a coastal city in Oregon. Bend, Oregon is, I mean, it's, you know, a couple hours away from the ocean. But, I mean, their housing prices are so expensive. So I'm assuming people are moving to Bend, Oregon because it's, you know, in a wooded area. You know, kind of have that small town feel, something. I just can't imagine living in Bend, Oregon, paying $750,000 for a three-bedroom house. That is ridiculous to me. That is. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with the... Uh... Old Ben, but I guess there's something going on. <laughs> there's something going on there. Because it's like, you know, it's a couple hours away from Portland. So, hmm. all right. Well, anywho, let's move on to number four, which is Alpharetta, Georgia, which was already in, in a, it was an expensive place to live. I thought Alpharetta was like one of the nicer um, cities in Georgia, in that Atlanta area, I'll say. Oh, shoot, you know, I don't know nothing about Alpharetta. Yeah, like Alpharetta, Stone Mountain, Marietta. Uh -huh. um, those are pretty much the only ones that I remember. And you know what? To kind of go back to Ben, I'm looking at some pictures, mm -hmm. and it actually looked nice. I mean, it's on the water. Huh? Yeah, so, I mean, you talk about the mountains right there. How is it? Oh, my, there must be like a, a river or something. I, yeah, I mean, it's not like right on the ocean, let me say that. Oh, okay. But you know, the inland, so yeah, I mean, but it still look like if you're a nature person, like, yeah, you'll love or this part of Oregon at least. Right. And um, going back to Bend, Oregon, I wanted to mention another thing too. I'm happy you brought that up. A lot of people from California um, are moving, you know, up north to the Seattle, Oregon uh, Washington State um, areas because it's less expensive than living in San Francisco, San Jose, mm -hmm. LA County, and you know. I read somewhere where there's a lot of people that's moving from San Francisco now. 
What did you say? There's a lot of people moving from San Francisco. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because you can work any. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to think in those areas where you got that triangle of tech. They can take their, you know, Laptop. million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their million dollar salaries and they can live great in some of these places. And you working from home? Shh, man, you'd be crazy. <laughs> you'd be crazy to stay there, mm-hmm. you know, because million dollars in San Francisco is like making 40, 50,000. You know, in some areas. Uh, yeah. It, 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 what yeah. they say, that it's like the median income is, you know, well, you upper like six two, figures. If you're making two, I think they say, if you're making like two or 300,000, you are like, I guess you would consider middle class or maybe lower than that, like in Frisco. It's not as much. Because mm-hmm. if you're, you know, because there's some people paying, I mean, I know some people from Frisco that's paying like, or were paying like around 2,000. That might have been for like a bedroom. You know, maybe two, but it was like one bedroom was like one two thousand, uh, and a lot of that depends on where you at. But I mean, there's people paying thousands a month just in mortgage. Yeah, that's hell no. Nah. I would live in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's crazy as hell. So what's the what's the rest of the list? All right, so we did Alpharetta, which is you know a sub. Uh, kind of a suburb outside of Atlanta, and that was already kind of ritzy. Toms River, New Jersey was the other area. I don't know why anybody would want to live in New Jersey anyways. Ugh. But New Jersey is number three, Toms River. Um, I mean, you know, it is pretty coastal, mm-hmm. so I can see why people would want to live there. And their average house... Um, housing price is around two hundred and ninety thousand, so that's pretty good to live near water. Yeah. And New Jersey ain't that big, so you're probably still not far from New York and yeah, and everywhere Newark. else. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. and it's right on what? Um, there's a whole bunch of rivers. What river? No, I think it's on the lake, ain't it? Yeah, the lakes. I'm sorry. God, I feel terrible. Um, yeah, what lake we is over here? There's one of them lakes. One of them great lakes. <laughs> one of them great lakes. Yeah, it's like a billion of them. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. It's still one of those cash flow cities too. Is it? A, yeah, houses, housing, real cheap. Uh, it's probably about to go back up, you know, with with this whole COVID and a lot of people moving to uh, those uh, cheaper cities. So Cleveland and, and Cincinnati and probably Dayton and you know, places like that in Ohio are more than likely going to see an influx of people coming in. Yeah, I mean, I see houses uh, for like a hundred thousand. Yeah, see, that's that's cheap. You talking about people coming from like the West Coast? I mean, a hundred thousand. They might pay that for like a room for rent in the whole year. Yeah, this is a really nice house too. I don't know what area, but this is. It looks like a suburban area. Um, they have a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath house for two hundred and five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, man, that's amazing. That's pretty good. And the number one fastest-growing metro area in the U.S. is Memphis, Tennessee. Uh huh. Another cash flow city. Yeah. Another high cash flow city, but. You got to know 
Memphis because you might end up in the wrong spot. Yeah, you might end up in a war zone messing with Memphis. <laughs> um, yeah, for real though, because I mean, you just if you just fly in and drive around the airport, I mean, it just looks desolate. Mm-hmm. A bunch of big apartment buildings that just vacant. Like you can tell, these probably a hundred plus unit apartment buildings that are just vacant. It, it's crazy. I wouldn't even know where to live in, in Memphis. Yeah, I don't really like Memphis. It seems uh-uh. so gloomy every time I go there. Yeah, and I, I think I watched the first 48 too damn much. Yeah, you, uh, oh my God, I don't even know why I'm, you can do cool that to yourself. Memphis. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, right. so um, Memphis, Cleveland, Ohio, Toms River, New Jersey, Alpharetta, Georgia, Bend, Oregon, Overland Park, Kansas, Tampa, Florida, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Baltimore are the top 10 metro fastest growing cities. So if you live in any of those cities or you're from there, hey, check out the real estate because I'm pretty sure it's moving. Get you a house for cheap and, you know, that might be the route to go, you know, get into real estate. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into our topic today, which is bankruptcy. Um, Both Ramon and I have filed bankruptcy um, several years ago. And we are at the latter part of our bankruptcy filing. Um, We do own properties, plural. (laughs) And um, we've been very diligent about keeping our credit clean and being responsible about making payments on time and um, just not falling into the same trap that we did once before. But we will go into just the different um, steps that we um, encountered when we went through a bankruptcy. So um, this is what we went through. And just as a disclosure, you always wanna check with your local um, local state's attorney for any advice on um, bankruptcy filing and any of the accoutrements that goes into filing bankruptcy in your particular state. We're only speaking about what we went through and our experience just to give you um, just to give you some guidance if this is one of your you know options. Ramon, let's talk about the different types of bankruptcy for individuals. All right, there's three types, well, two really. Um, there's chapter 13, chapter 11, chapter seven. Chapter 11, most individuals don't use that as mostly used for like corporations uh, when they're trying to restructure debt. Example would be like Hertz or uh, what's that story you like? Uh, is it Bed Bath and Beyond? Bed or, Bath and Beyond. I don't. I can't remember if they were filing bankruptcy, but um, if you are in the stock market, there's a few companies recently that are filing bankruptcy, and people hear that and they think they're going out of business, and uh, most of the time they're not. They're just restructuring their debt so they can come back a little stronger, you know. So uh, chapter 11, like I said, most people, we don't don't use that. Chapter 7 and chapter 13 is the ones that most individuals uh, would use. Now, chapter 7 is when you are basically just wiping out all your debt, right? So you got everything on your credit. You're like, look, I can't pay any of it. I just want to get it wiped off. Um, But the only thing you can't get wiped off 
It's student loans. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, taxes. But the thing about it with taxes is you have to have filed the two or three years previous to your bankruptcy. So if you owe taxes, let's say, uh, let's say you're going to file bankruptcy this year and you owe taxes for uh, 18, 19, you had to have filed those taxes and you had to have filed them on time. And then you would, you'd be able to include those taxes in on your bankruptcy. But if you didn't file them and you didn't file them on time, mm-hmm. then you cannot include them. Again, refer to your local bankruptcy. Yeah, that's what, your, that's what your attorney going to tell you. <laughs> Unless they change the law. That, I mean, it's possible because it's been yeah. a while since we've done it. That's true. But when we did it, you had to have um, updated uh, filed uh, taxes. And I, you know, it was a couple of years. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't file on time, so I ended up having to pay that. But, uh, yeah, so you can, uh, so student loan, taxes, um, and alimony and child support. Oh yeah, you cannot include those. I thought you could. No, well, no you can't. Yeah, you can't yeah. get them wiped off. Mm-mm. So in our chapter seven, you can get everything wiped off, except student loan, child support, alimony, or taxes that you have not filed. Um, and the chapter seven stays on your credit for ten years. There's a lot of misconception though. It stays on for seven and all this other stuff. If you read, you look at it, it's on there for 10 years. Now, there may be ways to get it off earlier. I've seen and read, you know, little stories about that. But um, technically, it's on your credit report for 10 years. But after so many years, let's say about five to seven, it doesn't really, I mean, it's still effective. The longer it stays on your credit, Mm -hmm. the longer that you get closer to that 10 years, um, the less effective it becomes exactly um so once you hit let's say five years like you said it is not as bad as somebody who just filed exactly as long as you're being diligent about paying things on time and you're being responsible and you don't have too many open credit card balances Mm -hmm. um you don't have too many loans out there that you're paying that you're um not paying or they're in default after your bankruptcy if you're being diligent and keeping up with your credit it does after that five-year mark it's not as effective not as effective um and now chapter 13 so chapter 7 is what most people do most people like look i just i don't want to pay nothing just take it all off my credit chapter 13 um a lot of people do and with chapter 13 it only stays on your credit for seven years um but the caveat to that is you have five years, and I think you said maybe three to five years, but up to five years, you are basically paying all of your credit, all of your debt, all those creditors that's on your, your, your credit report. They'll take all of that amount, and they'll lump it into one payment. Um, and I think they base it on your income or whatnot um, to make it sure that it's a payment that you can afford. And you'll just pay that one payment every month to the trustee, the court trustee, and the court trust trustee distributes that payment to all your creditors. But if you have any assets um, that is worth more than your debt, I think, uh, they will sell that asset off to pay off your debt. And I'll, I'll touch on that in a second because I'm glad you said that. But um, So, yeah, you'll, you'll pay that one payment for up to five years to pay to all your creditors. 
Now, after five years, if if you still owe, so let's say they said, all right, fifty thousand dollars is what you owe to all your creditors. We're gonna set a payment that you're gonna pay every month for five years. But let's say the five year mark comes up and you still owe fifteen thousand. Well, that fifteen thousand gets wiped off. It gets wiped away. You don't owe it no more. You satisfy the five year requirement. Now you just have two more years of that bankruptcy, Chapter 13, being on your credit, and then it goes off. So some people rather do Chapter 13 if they feel like, okay, I don't owe a whole lot and I can pay it off, and I don't want this bankruptcy to be on my credit for seven years. Uh, I'm sorry, for 10 years. So they'll just go ahead and set that up. And like you said, if you have assets, a lot of time if you want to keep them, you can put that, you know, in, or like you said, they might sell it and pay your creditors. Um, or with chapter seven and thirteen, um, some things like a house, mm-hmm. you can um, work that with your lawyer, where you'll be allowed to keep it, um, but you'll have to work with them to see how you can make payment. We didn't ever do that, so I can't really tell you from our experience. But there is ways to like, if like you said, if you have a house and you're going, you filing bankruptcy to prevent a foreclosure and all that stuff. Um, there or is to keep your cars also. Your vehicles, if you're making yes. payments. Um, but it depends, because Chapter 7, they'll come and try to grab that car. <laughs> the idea, I've seen that. As long as you, you have to continue to pay your mortgage and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make monthly payments on your mortgage and your vehicle. Well, yeah, Chapter 13, yeah. Because Chapter mm-hmm. 7, you're basically just wiping all your debt away. So if if I'm a car lender and I just gave you a car and you found in Chapter 7, you don't owe me now. No, but, but you still got that car. Oh, okay. I didn't see. We didn't do that. Yeah, no. We, I've we seen this. Purchased with our cars yeah. cash. So if they got your address, they're gonna come try to get that car back. It's you know, and I'll say if it's some value, right? You know, and chapter seven and chapter thirteen is not uh, a scheme to keep a house without Listen, paying for what it. You do or what a is car your to pay, you know, to to keep a car without paying on it. You have to be responsible. Listen, what you do with is your business. We can't tell you that. We just tell you, you know, <laughs> this, this is what can happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can get a car. We ain't and, telling people to be mad no, no, no. or saying, But people do do that. Yeah. People, they they will say, all right, I know I'm going to file bankruptcy in the next couple months, let's say. Mm-hmm. So let me go get this new car, and I'm going to put an address to where when they try to come and get my car, they ain't going to know where it's at. Sounds like you thought about this. No, no, plans. but I thought about that because I've seen somebody who filed bankruptcy. I ain't going to say who. And <laughs> they came outside. I'm like, bro, where's my car? They broke the window and took the car. And now you can't. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, they broke the window and took the car. Now you can't get it back. What you going to tell the court? You know, who you going to call? They're like, no, well, this is really our car. Yeah. Um. So, again, you shouldn't use it for that, but. We ain't telling you what to do. Chapter 7, again, like I said, we, I just reiterate, if you want to completely wipe all your debt off, Chapter 7 could be the way to go for you. Just know that it's going to be on your credit report for 10 years. Chapter 13, if you like, hey, I'm willing to pay my creditors, uh, and they'll put you in a, a payment plan for five years or up to five years, and you pay it up to five years, after that, anything that remains gets wiped off, you just got two more years after that, and then that bankruptcy is off your credit. Now, 
obviously we know the downside of chapter seven. Yes. Ten years. Because we particularly filed, both of us filed chapter seven. So we'll talk about that yeah, specifically. I, yeah, I was like, I ain't doing 13. But um, <laughs> we didn't have enough money yeah. to do 13. <laughs> we, I, I guess I'll tell it. But uh, chapter seven, like we said, we know the downside. It's on there for 10 years. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the biggest downside. Chapter 13, the biggest downside, why I know I really didn't want to do it, was because I wanted to get it over with. Right. So, chapter seven, you go through, it takes uh, about, from start to finish, is about three months. And then you just restart after that. Chapter 13, that's chapter seven. So, chapter 13, while you're in that payment plan for up to five years, that's an open bankruptcy on your credit. So, technically, and there may be ways to do it, because I, I, I've read this, but technically when you're in an open bankruptcy, there's really not any lenders or many lenders that's going to want to give you anything because you're in an open bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you can't get because you go to fill out the application, they'll say, hey, have you ever filed bankruptcy in the last two, three years or whatever? Or are you in, currently in a bankruptcy? Um, but I have read where some people in the chapter 13 and let's say they wanted to go get a new car or a house or something, they would have to get the approval from the court, um, the court uh, trustee. Uh, but it's not a guarantee. Right. Um, so that's kind of the gist of the Chapter 7 and Chapter 13. Um, you guys pick if, you know, you have to go down that road. Like you said, we did Chapter 7. Yeah. And for us at the time, the cost of file was different for both of us. Because we use different attorneys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mine was 1400 1500 Sorry, mine was 1500 And this was many years ago. Many, 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 many. Because we're almost at 10 years. I mean, you know. Yeah, we got a little bit, but yeah. We're almost there. We ain't got that much. No, we got a little bit. We got a little bit. We're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there, though. This, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, mine was fifteen hundred and yours was twelve hundred. Yeah, I think it was twelve or thirteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And I think the price difference, as we spoke prior to the show, the reason for the price difference is because my attorney allowed me to ask questions after the bankruptcy was filed. Mine didn't. <laughs> she was so like, I, yeah. "Hey, I guess I get what I pay for." Yeah, right. um, like. You know, we'll talk about that real, you know, in a little bit, but um, yeah. So the price different is going to differ, like you said, depending on probably your state, like where you live, and the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a real janky lawyer, it's probably going to show. Um, they do have it, and I was going to do this from year back, mm-hmm. like probably two thousand three, four, mm-hmm. where you can do it yourself. They had those little uh, uh, businesses where it would be like. File bankruptcy for two ninety nine. Oh, you, you know, get the forms. You, you got to fill them You kind of got to go mm-hmm. yourself, show up to court. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know how to do that, and I was kind of like, eh. If I go to court and they ask me something, I don't know. You know, I'm <laughs> right. around and you know, mess myself up. So it's best to just let the lawyer do it. You know, if if you're in that situation, you got to file. Just pay that little money and and go and get get it done. Yeah, and our lawyers allowed us to make payments too, which was very helpful. Yes. Uh, most of them, I'm going to say, will allow you to make payments. Um, if necessary. There are some that, like I said, can get over 2000 you know, mid-2000s. Uh, but 
I think there's probably going to be an influx of people fouling. Um, Why do so, you think that? Well, coronavirus. I mean, a lot of these people who are losing businesses, I think foreclosure, they probably trying to, it may not be as many foreclosures. I don't know because they do have the forbearance that they're giving to a lot of people that have those government-backed loans. Um, but there's still the debt part. Um, if you, Especially if you lost your job and you was counting on the unemployment, you know, you might have been able to keep yourself afloat when they was giving that extra 600 a month. I mean, I'm sorry, a week. Because some, some people, that was more than they was getting at work. Um, and then it knocked it down to three. So you're like, all right, cool. That's a little bit extra. That might be another month or so that keep me afloat. But now, you know, you don't have either one of those. So right. And then if you own property, let's say a duplex or something, you know, and the tenant ain't paying, you know what I mean, along with the debt that you already have may have had, that could push a lot of people, you know, into, you know, like, hey, man, I, I don't have no other choice. Right. Um, so I kind of think it may not be as high as 2008, you know, but, you know, 2008, 2009, but I think it's still going to be a, a good amount of people. And seeing as what they're doing, you know, with the, the whole election, it's just kind of prolonging that because people don't know what's going to happen. And you got to think, that this coronavirus is going to have a, at least another year to effect as far as jobs, period. Right, because they won't have a vaccination until fall, possibly well, summer, fall of 21. Not even just a vaccination. You got to think, there's a lot of companies that have figured out that I don't even have to have a brick and mortar right. to have my business. That's true. People can work from home. And a lot of people don't want to work in the office. So the, the company doesn't even have a choice of, you know, keeping a brick and mortar. They have to now figure out how to let people work from home, Zoom and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, look at the airlines. They've cutting all these thousands of people because they don't have people flying. So those jobs may not come back for, you know, for a few years. They've cutting out the flights, you know, where they're flying to. You probably got more people driving, obviously. Um, there's a lot of different sectors uh, of businesses that, you know, small businesses. There's a lot of places where restaurants are definitely you know, they're, they're taking a hit. You know, yeah. more people are just like ordering in, you know, from Domino's or whatever, or, you know, the curbside or whatever. There's a lot of businesses that have taken a hit where people normally had those jobs. Uh, where now, you know, look at like places, places probably like Walmart where they like, we're doing like probably just curbside or letting one person in at a time and all that crap. They're going to revamp that where they're going to, you know, shrink the stores. We're just kind of like, you just order online, just come through and pick your stuff up, you know, just pop your trunk and we'll put it in. So, you know, where you had those, the people, the greeters and the people doing the produce and all that other stuff. Like, I just think that as far as the job sector, I think it's going to take a while. And it's, it's really going to put people in a position to where, you're going to have to create your own job. Yes. Yeah. You're going to have to. Because um, these businesses are about saving money. They're not about trying to keep you. There's a few, very few businesses that are really um, about the employees. You know, I mean, if you're, to just be honest, if you have a business, you can be about the employees. But if you're not making money, it can no longer be about the employee. The, <laughs> you're in business to make money. So if you're losing money, you're going to lose employees. I mean, it's just a fact. So 
long answer, but I think that's why <laughs> bankruptcy yeah, are coming. It's, it's, it's inevitable. But it's, it's the inevitable. truth, though. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely the truth. It's a sad truth at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about the cost to file. And, of course, it depends on the type of bankruptcy attorney that you use and the state that you live in that definitely determines the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ramon and I used two different attorneys and the rates were different as well as the um, service uh, the service and the amenities that they offered. My lawyer, you know, she was pretty thorough, though, mm-hmm. um, because there was some things that she did do that I was like, ooh. And we'll, I'll, touch, I'll touch on that, you know. Um, we can probably talk about that now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we, we were just going to go into the steps of... Uh, filing a chapter seven bankruptcy what we went through again Mm -hmm. as disclosure it depends on where you live and the legal services that are offered to you by your bankruptcy attorney and and in this podcast we are not attorneys we are not offering any legal advice we are telling you what we went through when we filed our bankruptcies so uh the steps i would say the first step The, probably the very first step is to get your credit report. Yes. So they have the website annualcreditreport.com where I believe now, I think I've said this before, I think now because of COVID, they're allowing you to um, print out your all three credit bureaus um, once a week. Um, if not once a month, I I'm not totally sure on that, but I know it's pretty. It's a lot. It's a lot more often than it was before, because you usually can only get it once per year. Um, so I would say that's the very first step. Know what's on your damn credit. Yeah, know what's on your credit. Go through it with a fine tooth comb. Mm-hmm. Make sure everything that you know um, is you know that you're debted to is on there. That mm-hmm. you know basically people you owe. Go through that. What I did <laughs> before I spoke to my attorney is I remember I got my credit report and I literally, no matter what it was, I went through and uh, what do you call it? I um, ah, I questioned everything. They call it something else. I'm sorry. Oh, dispute. Yeah, I disputed everything. Oh, you was just trying to see what, <laughs> who was going to bite. Who was going to bite, yeah. Um, so there were some things that, you know, that um, basically went off my credit. That is a little, actually, you know, that's a good <laughs> little nugget because that could just be one less thing that's on your credit after you go, after you file your bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So like you said, I don't think my lawyer told me to do that, but <clears throat> that might be the extra couple hundred dollars you paid. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? No, she didn't help me with that. I did that on my own because oh, okay. I remember reading that and I was like, I'm about to dispute everything. Well, so that, I disputed everything. That, and some things automatically got discharged. That's true, though, because um, you are allowed to dispute anything on your credit report. Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, when you dispute it, some creditors, depending on how long it's been on there and probably how long, how much you pay, you owe, they may not even dispute it. Because mm-hmm. when you're disputing some of your credit, you're just trying to make sure it's valid. So they that creditor might have moved or sold that business or whatever it was. And I think they get 30 days to um, basically show if that debt on your credit is valid or not. If right. they don't, then the trend, the uh, credit uh, credit report bureau has to remove it. So if 
you about to go and file bankruptcy, and you might you might get a couple things knocked off before you even go to file. Because once you file bankruptcy, chapter seven, chapter eleven, when we say that those things get wiped off your credit, they are still on your credit. It'll just say that included in bankruptcy. Yes. So you don't owe it anymore. But it still is on there. So if you got any collections, charge-offs, judgments, liens, those things stay on your credit. And I believe like the charge-offs um, and judgments, they stay on your credit, I believe, seven years. And a tax lien is like up to 10 or 15 years or something, oh, something wow. crazy. Tax liens, I think, can stay on your credit um, a little bit longer. Tax liens and judgments. So judgments. That's what I said. Judgments. Oh, I thought you said judgments. Used to. I said judgments. <laughs> judgments, tax liens, all that stuff stays on your credit. So you may not owe it, but it's still going to show on your credit. Wow, I didn't know that about tax liens. That's that's new to me. That's very new to me. And another thing too that I suggest that people do is devise your debt. Because they're going to do, the attorneys are going to do that. Your bankruptcy attorney is going to tell you, they're going to have you fill out a ton of paperwork. So I would suggest divide your debts, secure debts and unsecured debts. Um, secure debts being, being like property, card loans, anything that has a certain value. Unsecured debts would be like credit cards, personal loans, medical bills. And usually secure debts are the ones that um, will get discharged in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Secure debts are basically debts that you, it's basically you putting up the collateral. Right. Unsecured, meaning you don't. So let's say you got a credit card, like Capital One secure credit card. You depend, you depict your, your credit limit because it's however much money you put up. So if you put up $500, your credit limit is $500. What are you talking about? The credit card. No, 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 no. Not unsecured, secured credit cards. I'm talking about debt. No, no. I'm saying what secured and unsecured is. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Give her, yeah. I know. I can't even think of the the word. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, yeah. That's all that is. So um, the next step. The next step would be find you a lawyer, yes. a good one. Don't look. I know they say you know. I try to find the best deals all the time. Yes. But sometimes there's some things that you should not go cheap on, and an attorney is going to be one of those things. Um, I'm not saying go out here and pay five thousand uh, dollars, which Chapter Thirteen mm-hmm. is a quite a bit more expensive than Chapter Seven. Because you're in it longer, and they have to, you have to, you have more steps, um, and who you pay and all that stuff. So I think chapter thirteen can end up being like double, if not more, than a chapter seven. Okay. Um. So yeah, find your lawyer. Um. And once you find a lawyer, um, the next thing I would say after that, I think you kind of said it. Write all your debt down. Like go through your credit report and make sure that everything that you owe is on there. Because there's going to be some things that you probably, some people you probably owe that is not on your credit report. So what we did, and I think, I know my lawyer told me, mm-hmm. yours probably did tell you too, is you write down, and they're going to ask you to put a list of all your all the people you owe. So everything on your credit report, they're going to make you write that on the paper, how much you owe, um, the address of the debt, the creditor, phone number, how much you owe, all that. 
but anybody you think you owe. It could be a family member also, or a friend, or the baker uh, down the street. Well, I don't know what the family. Well, unless the family got a ask. business. Yeah, well, yeah. Like they I said, they can, they can come back and sue you. Personal loans from friends, family, uh, whomever. Yeah, whoever. Even if you think like, man, it was fifteen years ago, and I ain't never seen it pop on my credit. I ain't gonna put it on there. You have to put it there because your bankruptcy. When you file a bankruptcy, it is public information. So if you owe that person and they just so happen to or find the out, the business the person business, or yeah. business, if you owe them and they just so happen to see that you filed bankruptcy, and let's say they can find out that you didn't you didn't include them, they can now come back after you for that that payment. And the worst thing you want to you want to happen is to go through the bankruptcy, clean slate, and then they end up getting another collection right after. You can uh, <laughs> the easiest thing to do is. What I did was I just started calling places too. Like, Damn, you owe a lot of people there. <laughs> like, hey, do oh, I man. owe you? <laughs> well, here you go. It wasn't uh, necessarily uh, like that. Here, McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because why owe you too? Hey, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> what I owe you, brother? Um, yeah, if you out there slanging your credit like that, yeah, you might want to you might want to call everybody man. A to Z. I mean, but you really got to sit down and think, like, Mm -hmm. take a few days, like, over the weekend, like, all right, that one time I went to the pawn shop, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Lord. You know, hey, put them down. And don't be ashamed. anybody, yes. Don't don't be ashamed of how long that list is, like, because this ain't the time to be ashamed. Not at all. You You have to be very transparent. You're trying to have a second chance. You know, you're trying to do some things, so you can't, you have to be honest about it. Whoever it is you think you owe, put them down. Um, so once you go that step, the next step, you give it to the lawyer, and they pretty much take it after that. They're going to ask you for like. But before you, before you um, go through all that with your attorney, there is one thing that you have to do uh-huh. before your bankruptcy is filed, and that is you have to take that, that credit class. counseling uh-huh. course. You, and you have to make sure that you receive the certification certificate from the credit counselor of your choosing mm-hmm. because they send that information to your attorney and that's the only way you can file bankruptcy. But they'll tell you um, like that little stuff, like you said, there's a, I think there might be two little courses, online courses that um, you'll have to take and they're not super long. It's just kind of a Going, take you through the steps of bankruptcy and, and what you should do after you uh, file bankruptcy, post-bankruptcy. So um, once you do that, like I said, you give her all your your, your credit, because they're going to pull your credit report anyway. And once they have all your debts, they're going to ask you, you know, if you owe any taxes, I think they're going to ask you for your tax returns. Um, and maybe some other things, but um, they pretty much take it from there um, once you pay them, of course. Um, and then after that, they set, I believe the first thing you're going to have is a trustee meeting. And I believe it's, I believe it's 30 days after you file, after the lawyer goes and file mm-hmm. for you to file bankruptcy. And what the trustee meeting is, is basically you're going to go in the courtroom. Well, before. Oh, damn, I missed another step. <laughs> yeah, you missed a step. So. When you do the credit counseling course and you filled out your application and named all your debt and then your lawyer pulls your credit report again just to make sure all the um, I's and T's are dotted and crossed, Mm -hmm. they make sure um, 
that you're being thorough. Your attorney will definitely make sure of that. So you're going to go, there's going to be a lot of back and forth. As long as you have it with our attorneys, mm -hmm. they did that. They were very thorough. Um, and then once the lawyer files, the judge files a letter called the automatic stay, which will halt any collections, garnishments, uh, eliminate those pesky phone calls, etc. Those letters, emails that saying, hey, you owe me, I want my money or I'm going to burn your house down, whatever. You know, some of these uh, collection agencies, they get real gangster with it. So it that letter from the judge halts all that. I'm glad you said because I did forget about that step. I was going. I kind of forgot about it for the moment. But yes. So this is this is kind of the good part about bankruptcy. Uh, when you file, when that when that judge, I'm sorry, when that attorney goes and file with the court, your bankruptcy. Like he said, it's an automatic stay. It is basically saying, hey, whoever. Uh, you this owe. person or whoever you owe from this time that we filed this bankruptcy cannot come and try to collect that debt from you. You do not owe them. You do not supposed to pay them. They cannot try to get anything from you. It is a federal automatic stay. So <laughs> I'll tell you my little experience with that. Um, I had a couple garnishments coming out of my check. It, it was so crazy. I think a student loan, I forgot I put my student loan in like forbearance or something. And I ended up moving. And I'm sure they emailed me or they or mailed out paper copies and I didn't get it. So I got my check. Oh, man. I remember got that. my check. Because <laughs> you were so stressed out. Oh, man, and you out. broke up with me over that. I ain't break up with you. Yes, you did. I had to. No, you ain't break up with you. Okay, keep that. telling you lies. Go on. Well, I'm going to break up with you over that. Listen. I got my check. My check was like two hundred something dollars. And before all of that, I think my check was supposed to be like twelve, fourteen hundred. So I had two student loans. They weren't a whole lot. It was like eleven thousand. But both of those loans, <laughs> it wasn't a lot compared to what? Or oh, compared to yours? <laughs> <laughs> what <are> you saying? <laughs> That's my new. I'm saying I had two student loans. So like one was like I think one was unsubsidized and one was subsidized. So. They were separate loans, but I had them together when I went to school, whatever. So anyway, they both garnished my check. And then, you know, I'm like, man, who the hell is these people on the side? Who the hell is taking? Micah? Yeah, like, who took all this deal? Like, I'm like, and then there was a third one. Oh, wow. And this one, I didn't know who the hell this was. So, you know, like after taxes and insurance and stuff, and these garnishments, like, they took out, like, about $1,200 out of my check. So, you know, I'm, I'm calling my job like, yo, what in the hell is going on? Who is he, you know? So the thing is, when you're getting garnished, your job cannot stop it. They have to tell, they have to pull that money out. The only thing that'll make them stop the garnishments is a bankruptcy. It's an automatic stay. They have to stop uh, pulling that money from your paycheck to give to these creditors. And with the automatic stay, if let's say that they keep pulling these garnishments out your check, by law, they have to give that money back. So after I filed, I got like three or four checks back. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I they, do remember they, that. They kept taking money out of... You were a much happier of, person. Of course. They kept taking the money out of my damn uh, check. They had to give all that back. But, um, yeah, I had, man, I had like three garnishments. I, I got sued from a car accident I had like 10 years prior. Didn't know anything about this damn car accident. These people took me to court. And one, because I didn't show up because I didn't know And you had it. insurance at the time. I had insurance. I mean, Geico. 
Ooh, don't call people out. Man, no. I got to. Cause they, they, they tried me how they did me. <laughs> but I had damn insurance. People sued me. I didn't know anything about it. They won. I didn't show up. And I think it was like, I forgot how much that I owed them. But it was it was stupid. But these three people was coming on my check, and I could not stop it. The only thing that could stop it was somebody gave me a bunch of money or a five bankruptcy. So, like, I was in that position where that was, like, really my only option. I couldn't even pay my rent that much. You no, know what I'm saying? No, you paid like, it. Well, you had to give me some money. Shit, I couldn't pay. I, I still had. <laughs> no, I didn't I want had. you to say that, but yeah. Yeah, no, I am. Shit, I ain't no shame. Shit, I had to do it. Like, <laughs> you know, I couldn't. You When you're going through that, you can't be, you know, yeah. like, have your pride. Like, you're going through some shit. You need help. I was glad to help. Well, yeah, she, she had no choice. But <laughs> she had, I, 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 mean, I had my rent. I had shirt, I had utilities. You know, I still had bills. Right. And these people were like, $1,200 and you level two? Ain't nobody surviving that shit. So, um, I had to scrunch up the money, you know, and I wasn't, this is years ago, so, you know, as far as being diligent. But you feel that pain today. You know, being diligent with your credit and then (laughs) savings, like, this was that, I didn't have, I wasn't good with that at the time. So, um, I mean, I, it was like a big weight off my back Mm -hmm. when they filed it. And then I told myself from that point, like, I'll never be in that situation again. Ever. Because and, I did uh, not like that at all. And I, I mean, I know people who got child support and some other thing like, and they doing, they, they getting that every, <laughs> every check already. Yeah. Like no, they bring a couple me. hundred dollars, you know, I'm like, man, I don't know how you, I wanted to go crazy. You know, like uh, there's no way I can do this. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, why I had to file bankruptcy and I know. You know, you can you you know, you owed a little bit. So it was just kinda like, all right, we're gonna go on this journey together. We both need a fresh start. You know, we messed up. We need a fresh start. We need yeah. to get all this out the way. It was the sins of our youth, for sure. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it happens, you know. Early twenties, young, dumb. You know, that's why yeah, you teach kids teach kids now, you yes. know what I mean? Because you don't want them to go through that. Like, yeah. um, or anybody. Um, and and that's the hence the the name Slow Wealth and why we do this podcast is because we want um, parents to be able to teach, you know, the youth um, about income. And my dad, he told me some things, you know what I mean, but I didn't. But see, we listening. were told a lot of things, but we weren't given anything. Mm-hmm. There are people in this world that are given the opportunities that, you know, we as, as black people, we haven't always been able to give our children. So... You know, now we can tell people, hey, through our experiences, these are the mistakes that we made and this is what we learned. And, you know, we want you to learn from it and take what you will um, from our errors. Hey, man, that's all you can do. I mean, we went through it, so you ain't got to go through it. But if you do got to go through it, we can tell you, you know, kind of how to get through it in the easiest way. So um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, basically after they filed that that trustee meeting, uh, you're going to go to the meeting. So you can't miss it. Like, if it's gonna be in the morning time, most likely. Get and your it's butt, brief. Yeah, get your butt up. Go yeah. to. Don't be. Don't be stupid. Super quick. It's about 10, 15 minutes. That's no, it. it's not. It's a little bit longer because. No, mine was. Mine was. Well, I mean, once you see the Lord, but you gotta understand, there's other people in that room with you. Mm-hmm. So you're not. There's other people filing bankruptcy. That's. I'm talking about when you actually talk to the trustee. Right, it's right, like no, 10, no, so 15 yeah, minutes. That, that's quick, but. Like you said, when you in that room, like when I was there, there was about 
10, 12 of us in there. It's people I didn't know, obviously. Right. So what happens is the judge calls out your name um, and your lawyer speaks for you. You don't speak. He says, hey, you know, you're here, whatever. And they basically are asking are any creditors there at that point that are here to dispute what is on your credit, you know, what you owe them. So let's say, you know, uh, you owe the car loan. A representative from that lender can show up and say, hey, he still owes us for that car loan, and this is why. Now, the thing about Chapter 7 is they really have to actually have a real good reason why you shouldn't, why they that debt shouldn't be included on your bankruptcy, your Chapter 7, because you're wiping your slate clean. So, nine times out of ten, I think everybody that I was there with, only one uh, creditor showed up for one person. Damn, and it was it was it was for a house. I can't remember the whole. I can't remember what it was about, but it was it had something to do with a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else, no creditor showed up. So most of the time, you're not gonna have any of your creditors show up. And so once they call you, no creditors say anything. They uh, I forget what they say to you, but your lawyers say, all right, cool. Now you're just in the process of waiting for it to get discharged. See, this is, okay, I don't mean to cut you off, but the meeting of the creditors or the meeting with the trustee, the bankruptcy Mm -hmm. trustee, as it's called, I remember him asking me, my trustee, Mm. do you have a rich uncle or somebody that's leaving you some money? And my attorney stood there and she was like, what? She was like, why would you? She said, Kendra, don't. And I'm like, no, I don't have a rich uncle. And then after that, she was like, he has never asked anybody that. But she was like, you're also here in a suit. <laughs> so I don't know if you're supposed to go with, you know, <laughs> looking a certain way. Okay, or... well, see, I'm glad you said that. And now that, that's that's a little some advice we need. Come there looking bummy as you can. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? I'm supposed to be looking downtrodden. Hey, come in your work clothes, you know what I'm saying? Pajamas. You ain't your work clothes. I think I was. I had to go to work after yeah. that. So, yeah, he probably was like, yeah, nah, don't take that off his credit. He good. Yeah, you coming there looking like, you know what I'm saying, uh, the female version of Johnny Cochran. He's like, hey, I know you got some money. Like, we ain't about to just wipe all of it out. She was like, don't. She's like, why would you ask her that? And he's like, I just want to make sure we have to uh, – we have to make sure that we uh, go through the process and do all of our due diligence. And it's like, she didn't, she's like, you don't have to. I was like, no, it's okay. I don't have a wrench uncle or anybody leaving me anything. Well, if I did, I ain't telling you. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, till, wait till this thing is discharged. Like, yo, yeah, uh, but they can still collect afterwards. No, they, they can't. After that's discharged. That's it. Oh, I thought they could. Yeah, listen. Well, okay. I, I didn't anyway. You well, know, I was, you know, I was listen, so nervous. Once your desk gets discharged. So, all right, we're going to go back to the set. So, after you file, <laughs> you got 30 days, and you're going to have your trustee meeting. You're going to go to the trustee meeting. If any of your creditors show up, they're going to dispute, and you let, your, you let your lawyer handle that. Nine times out of ten, nobody's going to show up. You're going to leave. After that, you should get a discharge letter in the mail. Before, before, after, okay, so after you go to the meeting with the creditors, mm. you have another counseling course. Now, this time it's the financial counseling course that you have to take. Remember, you have to take that, too, and email mm. your lawyer the certificate of the financial counseling course that you've taken 
after the bankruptcy and was the, filed. Again, the lawyer is going to tell y'all that you're not going to be able to get out of that because that's those are requirements for you to file bankruptcy. Uh, but after you do all of that, you should get a discharge letter 60 days after your trustee meeting. So again, the process from start to finish, from the time you file to the time your, your debt is discharged with a Chapter 7, is ninety basically 90 days, three months. Um, now, Chapter 13, that's a little different. You got <laughs> five, up to five years, right. and then two years after that, and then it goes off your credit. Chapter 7, you have you know 90 days, it gets discharged, and then it's on your credit for 10 years. Uh, so, you know... Well, what's the discharges process for uh, Chapter 7? Um, it, it obviously means that you're not obligated to pay those debt back that you owed and that's on the discharge. It can take four to six months before you receive your actual discharge letter. It only took, what, a couple of months for us to receive our discharge letters, basically saying, hey, that debt that you that you filed bankruptcy on has been discharged. Yeah, you might. it might take a actual month. I, just, I don't know what it depends on, but your lawyer will let you know that your thing got discharged. And right. she'll usually, they'll usually send you some kind of document until you get that actual letter from the bankruptcy courts. Yeah, and a couple other things, too, after the um, your bankruptcy is discharged is the actual discharge takes about two to three credit cycles before it appears on your credit card. Not your credit card statement, excuse me. Your um, credit annual credit reports. Uh, statements, it takes about two to three cycles um, before it shows zeroed, your debt is zeroed or and or discharged. And Does don't, don't get alarmed because your credit going to drop. Like, oh, I think yeah. mine dropped. Uh, I think I was over 600 just a little bit. So maybe like 605, something like that at the time. <laughs> I think I got, I was down to low five. Yeah. I think you was like around 600. Was I like was that. 600. So for some reason, she was way up ahead of me. Because I had paid off a car. That's true, yeah. Right before. I, I, I didn't pay it off. So. I, paid, I, I did pay off debt that I could. If it was over a certain dollar amount, mm-hmm. I was like, this is going on the bankruptcy. But if it was something that I could afford to pay off, I would pay it off. Um, and also, if you're applying for any car loans or credit cards right after your... Um, your bankruptcy has been discharged. It is possible to get credit cards and um, car loans, but your interest rates will be significantly higher. Um, and then mortgage loans, um, FHA requires two to four years after bankruptcy to um, process an application and receive funds for mortgage loans. All right. So um, let's talk about the real quick. There's a few do's and don'ts. Right before you have bankruptcy and after, we probably said a few of them already, but let's just kind of slightly discuss these. So, one do is I think we said before is disclose all the debt that you ever had. So, when you you know go to that lawyer, anybody you ever owe, you think you owe, you think you still owe, you don't know if you owe them, you unsure. Find out the information you can about that business and put them on that paper and give it to the lawyer. Because the lawyer, all they're going to do is get that paper of everybody you owe and that's what she's going to, or he is going to submit to the courts. If there's anybody on there and you miss them, just know that when, when your bankruptcy is over, they can now 
legally collect on that debt. Collect on that debt. They can come back after you. Um, but again, when you have the automatic stay, everybody got to stop. Anybody who owe you, matter of fact, <laughs> and it's kind of fun to do it. When you owe, when co- they call, collect- <laughs> when you owe yes, collectors, Lord, they call you be like, hey, I filed a bankruptcy. Yeah, like yeah, your lawyer <laughs> tell you like, once I file this, anybody that calls a collect, just refer them to me. Like, you know, just, just give my phone number. And so a collector call you be like, hey, this is so and so from McDonald's. <laughs> you owe me twenty dollars. You're like, uh, tell Ronald to kiss my ass. Yeah. I filed bankruptcy. So I, I just filed bankruptcy. Uh, this is my lawyer, son and such. Uh, here's your number. <laughs> and a lot of them, they they hung up on me as soon as I, I said bankruptcy. They're so like, because oh. they they know legally they can't do anything, and they're not going to call your lawyer. Because they know your lawyer gonna shut him down. Like, no, he's filed bankruptcy. There's nothing you can do. Um, if you want to contest it, come come to his trustee meeting. If you missed his trustee meeting, oh well, you're done. There's nothing you can do now, especially if you're on this list. So uh, that's kind of fun to do. Like I had a few of them call me. I'm like, uh, I just filed bankruptcy. Well, you know, you still owe that. I just filed bankruptcy. All right. Here's my lawyer. You want to call her? Cause I ain't paying you a god now. So yeah, that's kind of just one thing. Uh, uh, don't, and this is a big don't. Don't relapse. Yeah, don't backslide. You can in only the name file, of Jesus. Right. You can only file chapter seven once every seven years. You shouldn't be doing it again. Yeah. You just let that one time. time be it. Once you do this, once you go to, through the, the the discharge. Like change how you think about credit, mm-hmm. about money, about finances, period. So you don't ever have to go back through that. Um, another don't, well, I guess it's kind of Don't correlates. abuse credit. Don't abuse your credit. Yeah, don't. Think about what you are doing before you buy it. You know, don't uh, pay all your bills on time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when you, don't just go out here and start trying to get credit, you know, car loans, credit cards, or whatever. And just be real frivolous with what you're doing because you're going to find yourself back in the same position talking about filing bankruptcy again. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't want two bankruptcies on your credit. I mean, they won't give you a, a, a stick of bubble gum. Or a Barbie car. Yeah, they, yeah, they won't <laughs> give you nothing. They're like, bro. Um, let's say another do is regularly, regularly check your credit report. So this is before and after bankruptcy. After bankruptcy... You want to check it just to make sure that nobody or nothing pop up and see what's on there and see, you know, like you said, that bankruptcy shows on there and make sure that all your, uh, everything that's on your credit shows included in bankruptcy. Yeah. Remember we got ours, I think probably a, a month or two after our bankruptcies. And then you was like, let's get another report. And I'm like, I don't want to pay for one, but we end up paying for one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did two within a year so i think it was like three months after we did the bankruptcy and then probably like six months after the um credit report that we had gotten after the bankruptcy so we did it Mm -hmm. twice after that just to make sure everything that needed to be zeroed out or Mm -hmm. discharged reflected that yeah um and this is the time too and actually you should be doing this before you have your lawyer file um but go over everything. Like I said, think twice, three times. Check it over and over again. Make sure everybody is on that list. I can't even stress that enough because <laughs> you don't want to get a call or a letter or anything pop up on your credit saying that you owe this lender from 12 years ago and you mm-hmm. forgot about them. 
or you or you knew about them, but you was like, well, it's not that, a lot of money. I know it's one not of mine. Money. To be honest, uh, it was like thirty six dollars, and she's like, do you want to pay it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll pay it. Uh, and she's like, nah. Let's add it. Um, and she was like, the reason why I want you to add it is because at that time I wasn't making very much money and I had paid my, you know, my car was already paid off. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, she was like, just add it. She was like, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar, if it's 15 cent, you didn't pay it then. Uh-huh. <laughs> why you think you're going to pay it now? She was like, pay it. Or no, it's not pay it, but put it on the bankruptcy. Don't, you know, don't worry about that. She was like, oh. everything. No, no matter the amount. Well, one thing too. I have to say this is because let's say you paid it. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'll say with creditors, and if you pull your credit report for those people who have, you know, maybe collections or anything on your credit report, like I did, a lot of these creditors sell your credit to another company. They'll sell your debt. Mm-hmm. I'm saying not not credit. They'll sell your debt. So let's say ABC company you owed a hundred dollars to, and you've been paying them or something. Let's say or say they say you didn't pay them. They'll sell that debt to DEF company. Mm-hmm. So now you got to figure out who you really owe because they'll both be shown on your credit report. And if you pay one or attempt to pay one, sometimes they'll let you pay one and the other one is still showing that you owe them. They can still try to come after you. So a lot of times, so what, what was happening is that I had debt that had been sold two, three times. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go through, I had to go through, I put all of them on there though. Right. Just to be sure. I did too. But then I had to actually go through and see who I really owed the money to and how much it was. So I would call them up and say, hey, you know, I just want to make sure, you know, what I owe you. All you owe is $200. Okay, cool. Well, you going to pay it? Yeah, let me uh, get back to you. <laughs> and I ain't going to pay it. I just want to make sure that would you, <laughs> you say I owe, you. I owe, I owe. Because, <laughs> you know, it's about to go on this list. Right. This, you know, this, this is my list. So, um. That is one reason, and you know, like you said, like she said, you paying her to get rid of your debt. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you might have had thirty six dollars. I'm sure to pay them and be done with it, but it's like you don't know how they going, how that's going to happen. You might pay them, and they say they didn't get it, mm-hmm. and then I hear that you filed bankruptcy, and they like, well, we didn't get that thirty six dollars, <laughs> and they probably did, yeah. but they just wanted to ding your credit again, yeah. And now to file bankruptcy and have a discharge, and then have a collection coming after that. You gonna really look bad, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I agree with you. Attorney, like, if it's twenty dollars, don't pay it. Just put them on the list. Um, there's gonna be some people on that list, uh, probably more so credit cards, that you may have a hard time trying to get back after, like American Express, um, Chase Bank. I've read a lot about people who had them prior to bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And put them in on the bankruptcy, and then afterwards they like put them on a blacklist. <laughs> they like, <laughs> yeah, like never, nope, never again. They had pictures yeah. and everything. They like never again. And also, um, sometimes because of your credit report, because there was a credit card I remember I had, and I didn't want to put them on the credit on the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my lawyer that, but I think it just it just got it ended up just getting on there anyway. So I've seen that the words after uh, on my credit report that they got included. I'm like, well, damn. I didn't want to put them on there, but um, it was probably best that you know I just add everybody. So um, yeah, so that's pretty much the gist of it. Now, Kendra, what would you say to a person who has either went through their bankruptcy or 
is uh, contemplating going through bankruptcy. Can you invest in real estate with the bankruptcy? Absolutely. And I just want to say, too, in no way are we advocating that people file bankruptcy as an easy way to get out. We did it for our own personal reasons because our debt was significant compared to what um, compared to our income. I mean, we were like I said, we were young and we were trying to figure things out. And, (laughs) you know, it was the sins of our of our youth. But anyway, going back to um, can you invest in real estate after bankruptcy? Yes, because we started investing um, not even five years after. Oh, no, five years. It was about four or five years. We bought, yeah, about four years. It was about four years after we filed bankruptcy. I remember prior to to filing, um, filing, excuse me, prior to purchasing our property, refinancing um a vehicle remember that when we first relocated Uh we um refinanced one of our vehicles and um the lady uh (laughs) the mortgage was she what was she because she i think she was like a mortgage bank she was some sort of banker Uh but anyway she assisted us and she's like why are you questioning you know if you're gonna get um your car loan refinanced or not. She was like, your credit is excellent. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Ramon and I'm like, what is she talking about? Yeah, I, think, yeah, I remember your credit was <laughs> like 7 Yeah, it time. was like seven over um, 700 And she was like, oh, we can definitely do this. So I got, uh, what was it, 2%, 2, 2 percent, two point something you percent? Got, you got, yeah, you got 2.74% with yeah, the credit union. With the credit union. And you were, your interest on your car, I think, was, uh, what was your interest on your car? And I we got the we got our vehicles after bankruptcy. Uh-huh. So the first vehicle that we got after bankruptcy, I think, was my car, and the the annual percentage rate with Wells Fargo was nine percent. You was nine. You was paying nine percent. It was nine percent. They hit me up. They had me at like about seventeen. I was paying about seventeen percent APR, and. That basically my 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 uh, car payment was three eighty three a month. When I refinanced, this is about two years outside of bankruptcy. Um, actually, it wasn't even two years two fully. Years, yeah, it was probably three four months shy of two years. Um, I called the bank about refinancing because I think you had did it before, right before me, and it was a bank I had been with for a few years, and they had an interest rate of three point seven four percent. And they was like, yeah, we can get you 3.74%. And I think my payment went down to... 283. No, 272. Oh, it was 272? It was 272. So from 383 to 272. I thought it was 272. It was 272. It dropped, yeah, Mm -hmm. over 100 bucks a month. Um, But then you got to think of that 272, every month about 240 of it went to my principal. Whereas... Before, three eighty three. <laughs> right. I think I was because I was I was like it was like a hundred dollar, a little bit over hundred dollars going yeah, to my principal. Not a lot of money going toward that principal. I was like, oh my god, I gotta get rid of this. So, um, yeah, that wasn't even two years. I, I mean, we went, we got our. I got my first credit card. I think you, you did too. Um, probably three, I think three months, maybe three months. It was after, a capital after, one. Had to be a discharge. Capital one secure. Yep, at the end. And that that is uh, something I suggest people who do. If you're just outside of bankruptcy or you're contemplating, the easiest credit card to get and the easiest one of the easiest ways to rebuild your credit is to get a secure credit card. 
Uh, again, a secured credit card is you depict what your credit limit is. Um, Capital One is usually one of the easiest ones to get. Um, so if you say, hey, you know what, I want my credit limit credit limit to be $1,000, you put up $1,000. And they'll use, they'll hold that, and that'll be your credit limit on your credit card. And just make sure that you pay it off. I say every month, uh, but just make sure that you're never late. Yeah, before the billing cycle. Yeah, that's a, we'll probably talk about that, because there's a difference <laughs> between paying your your bill when it's, when the payment is due versus before your billing cycle ends. Because if you pay your bill before your billing cycle ends, whatever amount is left is what's going to get sent to the credit bureau. Mm-hmm. If you pay your credit card bill when the payment is due and you owe and you have a balance, that balance gets sent to the credit bureau even though you're paying it off when the payment is due. So that's just a little something I, I you know we do. But um, Yeah, and then I got a secure card too with Capital One. Uh, and I remember them being like, well, we're going to give you the first 500 unsecured. Uh, and then I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I only had a hundred dollars, so I had six hundred dollars total. Oh. Five of it was unsecured, and one hundred was secured. So they gave her five hundred dollars, <laughs> and she put a hundred dollars with it, and so she had six hundred. You know what I mean? I had to put all my money. I think I did like I think I only did like two, two or three hundred dollars. But that turned into my next card being I think a couple months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It just kind of kept going, and I was getting approved for things that I'm like, I was reading that you wouldn't get these things for years. Right. You know, but like American Express and, you know, Discover, and then the car getting refinanced, and then the car loans, and then three years after we had filed bankruptcy, we was looking for a property. We had got pre-approved for, for a property. Now, we didn't close on it until the fourth year, but we had started you know the beginning of the year looking. We was already pre-approved. This is three years outside of bankruptcy. Now, mind you, during that time, from the time we received our discharge letter until we bought our property, we did not pay minimum payments on our credit card. When uh, when we charged something, we paid it off. Yeah, because you got you you you're, you're trying to show these these lenders that you can handle the credit and you're responsible. Yeah, that you're responsible. Um, so you know. There's different ways. You'll hear different people to say that don't pay your, your, your bill every month. Don't pay it off every month. You know, pay the minimum payment and let it carry a balance a couple of months and then pay it off. You know, there's so many different ways. Um, and we'll probably have to, you know, talk about that at some point. Um, but we're specifically talking about the way we did it. I mean, we I did it a couple of times because I was trying to see what actually worked. Um, but, you know, I the main thing, I'm going to say that the main thing is do not ever miss a payment. Ever. You know, we can talk about, you know, credit utilization and when to pay your bill. And, you know, don't use over this. Don't ever miss a payment. So that's uh, that's the biggest thing right there. But, um, yeah, there's definitely a life after bankruptcy. Um, it is a negative scar on your credit. But over time, it becomes less and less of an issue. Yeah. Um, but it's, you're going to run into some things with people, you know, where... They either gonna flat out deny you, or they'll say, "You well, know, we can give it to you, but your interest rate about to be out the roof." Right, and that's you know a couple of years out of bankruptcy that you'll see the higher interest rates on whatever you choose to apply for. But once you get to, you know, 
a certain amount of years, it becomes less effective. The bankruptcy becomes less effective. Now, as far as it's going back to can you invest in real estate by receiving a loan, we did. We have. We're, we're living the life after bankruptcy. Um, and we've been very responsible for the most part um, with our credit, you know, whereas we haven't missed any payments. Um, we, we make sure we pay our credit cards off um, and we try not to use our credit cards as much as we used to prior to the bankruptcy. Um, so we just don't let things get too out of control. If we don't have it in our savings, we don't charge it. I, I say that all the time. When you go to swipe that credit card, whatever amount you about to swipe, if you don't got that money in your bank account, you shouldn't be using that card to do it. Unless it's an emergency. Now, if it's an emergency, a medical emergency or something like that, then absolutely do what you got to do, you know, but you know that you have to pay it back. But even then, I mean, you should be stacking up your savings, you yeah. know, because... Have, that has like to be said, another podcast about savings. No, we talked about investing. that in the last one. Like, that's just keep... Get your savings. Build your savings. It's a new leaf. You turn it over after bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. You have to think about everything totally different. Build your savings. Build your credit. Be more diligent about that. You know, there's always going to be emergencies in life. You don't want your credit to have to suffer because of it and find yourself back in the same position. So, um, yeah, now cash is no longer king like it used to be. Now, cash, credit is the cause. But you know what? <laughs> I, I, I found out cash has really never been king. Mm -hmm. It's never, it's always meant like, you know, seen like that. And, you know, if you're growing up, you know, in the hoods, you know, cash is seen as, you know, you see the person with all the money, you're like, man, that, but it's not. It's credit not. is. Yeah. If I have good credit, I can, I, there's things I can get that you can't get with cash. You go in the bank with these lenders. There's people that have gone in in a bank to get get a loan for something, and their credit was like let's say mid six hundreds, or it wasn't that it wasn't that great. But they like, well, I got you know I got a hundred thousand in the bank. And the lender's like, no, but your credit is not good. Versus the person who has half of what you mm -hmm. have or a fourth of what you have as far as cash, but their credit is well over seven hundred. Right. That lender is like, well, we'll lend to you. Exactly. And when you talk about investing in real estate, I don't care what you got in cash. If your credit looks like shit, you only gonna go so far. So focus on your, you know, focus on saving money, focus on on that part, but put a lot of emphasis on making sure your credit is where it needs to be. Yeah. Because remember that bankruptcy is on there. Most lenders they're gonna see that it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb, and if you don't have the rest of your credit doesn't kind of justify, you know, if you look, they look at your credit, they like oh, he got a bankruptcy, but. His score is a 720. He's never missed a payment. All of his credit cards, all his debt that's on his, his credit report shows paid every month on time. Okay, well now the lender can look at you a little bit more favorably. But if you got a couple missed payments here and there and you got another collection and a bankruptcy, then you're going to look like that you're not responsible with credit. And they're going to deny you every time. Or they're going to give you what you want. But you're going to be paying a 30% interest rate. <laughs> Damn, not 30%. Yeah. Huh? 25, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on the car. You're like, God. <laughs> you don't want that. So, um, like I said, again, this is definitely a life after bankruptcy. It's just it's what you do with it afterwards. Exactly. So. Yeah, just don't let the sins of your past determine your present and your future. Just 
do something that do whatever you can to, you know, wipe the slate clean and and start over and and be honest with this new leaf that you have in life. I mean, if I if we owe somebody now, we paying you. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. You know, there's there's no lying, there's no conniving. We're honest about it like we don't want that to bite us later. So, um we we give that advice to anyone who is filing bankruptcy or contemplating filing bankruptcy. And again, just as a disclosure, this is what Ramon and I have been through. We are not advocating that you file bankruptcy or anything like that, but we just want to put the information out there for people who, um, again, have filed or thinking about filing. You always want to um, refer to an attorney in your area if you have any specific questions concerning bankruptcy. Um, at the time we filed, we were living in Missouri. Yeah, we were living in Missouri. So we abided by the rules of Missouri and, sorry, Kansas, um, since I filed in Kansas. But um, is there anything else that you want to add? No. I mean, uh, I think we covered a lot. Uh just uh, think about it, you know. If, some people have to file bankruptcy, unfortunately. And uh, if you do, just just plan it out. Uh, now, if you owe $10,000, don't file bankruptcy. <laughs> That's going to be a waste of your credit, your time, your money. That's something you can pay off. But if you're in that position where you you can't get your head above water, like you can hit with garnishments and judgments, mm-hmm. liens, or whatever the case, child support, you know what I mean? And you need a breather, and you like, I just can't function, then that might be the way to go. Right. You, know? right. you do have to make some life decisions. So definitely um, take the time to sit down, let, review your credit report, and make decisions with, you know, with yourself or your spouse or, you know, this, your significant other to decide if that is an option for you. And um, this is our show about bankruptcy. If you have any questions, you can email us at invest at slowwealth.com. That is I-N-V-E-S-T at S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H. Invest at slowwealth.com. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I am Kendra. And Ramon. And please subscribe. Leave comments. Don't just leave anything on Facebook. Like actually go to Spotify or go to iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts. Leave reviews. You know, it gets as, as the more you guys review, the more you like it, you know, all that stuff, the more people can see this. Right. Because uh, there's a lot of people in these situations that we speak of uh, or that's trying to better themselves and we want to get that information out there. Yes. And, and stop calling and texting us personally <laughs> <laughs> with questions. Leave it on Google Play or well, don't leave the question, but you know <laughs> yeah. you can hit us up with the question down. You know, say that, but don't hit us up with questions and don't like us. And stuff. don't like, yeah, like it. Like, come least, on, show. You know, hey, like we that. put time, you know, we put time and energy into doing this to give to give everybody this information. Like all we ask for is just to leave reviews, likes, you know, all that good stuff. So yes, and as our affirmation goes today, or our words of encouragement. Um, It states, courage does not mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Hey, don't don't let us stop you from from getting a review, getting a like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, Like, share, subscribe. 
But yeah, we're on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Facebook, Slow Wealth. And we're also on Amazon Music. Thank you again so much. We love y'all. And we, we truly appreciate all the support that we, re- we have received. Um, we are Slow Wealth with Kendra and Ramon. Yo. Good night.